when people gather together to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, God does something powerful. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about this value of the river. Disciples grow. We obediently grow by following the Holy Spirit's work in us. And this morning we want to talk about how that work works itself out through relationships that disciple one another in what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. As we dig into God's Word from Hebrews 10, would you pray with me that God leads us in our conversation? Father, we ask that you are present powerfully, that I truly, Lord, can disappear. That this is not my word to your people. This is your word. And Lord, you equip me even beyond my own preparation and study to speak what you need for us to hear. The challenge that we need to be um, confronted with. The words that need to move us. Part of your transformation in our lives. Your word has power to do that. And we pray, Lord, that as we live into the power of your word today, as it calls us to renewal, That, Lord, in that, we can see the kingdom grow. Not just in the world around us, that's beautiful, but even this morning as we think about your kingdom in us. As we grow as followers of Jesus Christ, men and women who long to see more of you in our world. Equip us to that end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're turning in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. It's going to be right near the end of your Bible. The book that, books that come right after that are Peter and John. Before that, you're going to have some of the other letters like Philippians, Colossians. You're looking for the book of Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to begin reading this morning from verses 19 through 25. It says this there in God's Word. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, for those of you who don't know Hebrews well. Hebrews is a book that... um, is focused most predominantly towards people who understand Judaism. It's debated who wrote the book of Hebrews, but certainly Paul is in the um, very real possibilities that Paul wrote this book. And if you know the story of Paul, Paul was the apostle who God had converted, Christ had converted from being an oppressor of the faith into a fervent follower of the faith. And his oppression had come from him being a fervent and almost legalistic Jew. And because he was a fervent and legalistic Jew, he knew all the ins and outs of Judaism. And so the book of Hebrews, he focused towards Jews so that they could better understand the connections between Judaism and who Christ is. 
Scripture fulfilled in the Old Testament. The prophecies fulfilled in Jesus. And he had a unique standing to be able to do that because he understood Judaism so well. And he begins this passage by highlighting the priesthood of Jesus Christ. But he doesn't just call Jesus Christ the high priest. He also calls him the curtain. Where is that imagery from? The curtain is from where? The temple. The tabernacle. Those two pieces of, of uh, those two edifices of the Old Testament where God showed his presence among his people. And the way into the, the curtain separates the holy of holies from the rest of the people. And the way into the holy of holies is Jesus Christ. So if you, friends, are a person here this morning who doesn't know that curtain, this is your call then. That if you want to get to know God and be in relationship with Him and connect with the Creator of the universe, then the way unto God is through the curtain. You are separated from God because there's a curtain away, but that curtain opens up through Jesus Christ. So if you're a person who doesn't know Christ, this is your time to hear that He loves you and has given Himself, His life for you and given up all for you so that you may be in relationship with the Father. Hearing that image then, Paul is calling these believers or these people that are reading the book of Hebrews to then go deeper in the faith. You notice the first portion of the whole thing is a description of the priesthood of Christ. Verses 19 all the way through 22. Then 23 says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. So all this truth about Christ being the high priest, Christ being the curtain, then you get out of that, let us hold firm. Let us us grab on to this truth. But then what's the next statement? And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So, If we're going to hold firm, if we're going to connect to Jesus Christ more fully, Paul's first instruction right after that is, then get into godly relationship. Spur one another on to good deeds. Spur one another on to strength. Live into those things. Yes, it is about connecting to Jesus who is the curtain, the one who gives us access to God. Yes, but how do you do that? By gathering together. And in fact, there's the warning, right? We'll spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So if those of us who are isolated, perhaps you're not part of any group. And I know there are, there are um, groups that we've started and people who have said, hey, I want to be a part of a group. Like, Push us as a community. Find, find a group yourselves. In fact, I, I, I was praying this this morning. And as I was uh, preparing for this morning's message, I believe God put it on my heart for two people. There are two people that God wants you to hear this message this morning. And I believe that convicted by the Holy Spirit. The first person who God is convicting this morning is between the ages of 20 and 35. And that's a male. And God is calling you to be a Blake. God is calling you to be a Blake to bring others into relationship. And maybe that's men, and maybe that's couples, maybe it's some people that you have at your workplace. I don't know. I don't know what God is doing here, but I felt that spur of the Holy Spirit to say, you man, 
you person, God is calling you to live into this holding on to Jesus with another group of people that can support you and that you can support. You can be that person who challenges them to grow in their walk with Jesus. Perhaps that call is for you. Another calling that I hear this morning in my heart is for a woman between the ages of 55 and 70. There's one person that God is calling you to do that to. He is calling you to gather a group of people. Again, it may be couples, it may be individuals, I'm not sure. But God is speaking to you to lead and to spur one another, to live in obedience to the Spirit, to start your group. You don't wait for Karen or myself or another staff person to call you. You say, I'm going to try to figure this out. I'm going to be obedient to the Spirit. And in that obedience, God is going to open up doors for you. I believe that very strongly. Hear that call. If it is for you, live faithfully into that calling because discipling one another is one of God's primary means of Him growing in us. Disciples grow. And if we're going to be isolated, we're not going to experience that growth in the same way because the body of Christ is a primary means of God's movement in our lives. Verse 26, If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, No sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How many more severely, how how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Right after that whole passage, that whole section that gives about being in relationship with each other so that we can hold firm to who Jesus is. Then we get this warning about sin. And here's why I think God gives us this warning about sin right there. Because when we get isolated, we are more prone to sin. I want you to think for a moment about places where you are most prone to sin. Frankly, friends, you know your sin life better than anybody, right? You know the places where you are living in disobedience to God in various times and various places. You know the habitual sins that you are a part of. Think about where and how those happen. I can tell you where it happens for me. It happens for me in isolation. It happens for me when I am separated from others in meaningful discipling relationships that can support me, that can challenge me, that can even give me a good kick in the pants when I need it. The more isolated I become, the more prone I am to the sort of sin that has this judgment here. And the fact that that whole section about sin follows the encouragement to meet together, to spur one one another on together, is absolutely appropriate. Because the more isolated and alone we become, the easier it is to walk away from what God is calling us to do. Think about your life. 
Where are your connections? God be praised you're here this morning. I'm really glad that you are. I praise God for every face in this sanctuary this morning. I praise God for every kid who's in children's ministry. I praise for God for every person on this campus. However, where are you on Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock? Maybe you're at work. If you are, if you are at work, God be praised, then live into relationship there. Where are you on Friday night at 10 o'clock? Where are you in the spaces of your life where sin is most prevalent in your world? And in those places, friends, those are places where we need to ask the question, how do I connect with what the Spirit is doing in my life through others? How do I do that? Because if I'm going to be, the big word that we used for a long time was accountability, right? How are we accountable to other brothers and sisters in Christ? Otherwise, that sin can grab a hold of us. An interesting conversation actually on today is Sunday, I had it on Friday. I was talking to an individual who hadn't left his house in two weeks. And he said he was so paralyzed by some fear. He, he's been dealing with some issues and some challenges in his life. He said, you don't understand, Pastor Scott. It's impossible for me to leave my home right now because I'm so scared. And I said to him, friend, you need the body of believers. You need people who can come alongside you and encourage you. And praise be to God, I called when I did. I just thought, hey, I haven't talked to him in a while, whatever. So I called him. Out of that conversation and conversations that others had, he's gotten text-bombed with the love of Jesus. And now there's people who are actually saying, I'm going to go over to his house. I'm going to connect with him because he desperately needs that relationship because he said to me, because I'm on my own, I'm really struggling. Struggling with some habitual sins that had been in his life for a very long time. When we are deep into discipling relationships, those challenges are things that we are strengthened for. When we are isolated, we become weak. Passage continues, verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You even see there in those places where Paul is trying to remind them of what once was. Remember when you were fervent in your faith. Remember those times when you were holding strongly onto Jesus, when you were grabbing at the curtain, opening it up so that you could be in the presence of the living God through Jesus Christ. Remember those times. And a number of those times come from community, right? You suffered together persecutions. You weren't on your own. You were with others who were going through that with you. Now, not all of those are with other groups of people, but enough of them are for us to be reminded this morning. When you're going through rough stuff, you need others who can come alongside. Isolation becomes danger. I know that from my own life. When I want to be isolated because I don't want to talk to anybody else or I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it, that's the most dangerous times in my life. 
for Satan to come into my life and consume me. But when I am in those meaningful relationships, those persecutions become times of God's blessing and God's encouragement. Friends, for us to understand, yes, you and I need to be strengthened for our walk individually. We need to be deeply in God's Word. We need to be deeply as people of prayer. But we also need to live deeply into the relationships around us that God has given us to be supported by. The passage closes, verse 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For it is just a little while in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now, even closing this passage with God's promises of blessing, that you will receive what it is that God has promised you. The fact that that last sentence is a plural sentence. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Friends, this is not just about you individually. It's about the community of faith. It's about the blessings of the brotherhood and the sisterhood in Jesus Christ that as we live deeply into that, we together experience the great blessings of faith and God's kingdom in us. Now, yes, we can experience those on our own, but we need more and more community. Now, I was thinking about this this morning too because some of you are going to say this to me. You're going to say, Pastor Scott, that's great. Really appreciate the word that you gave us. But I have my group. In fact, I've had my group for a very long time. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years. And it's a great group and we support each other. And that's, I give God praise for that. How many of you have a group that you've been a part of for longer than 10 years? How many of you have a group that you've been a part of for longer than 20 years? 30 years. Okay, we're not up to 30. All right, get working. Come on, let's go. Here's my challenge to many of you. Maybe there needs to be a renewal. I'm not saying you stop meeting with that group. But maybe you take a risk in faith. Now, some of you are a little bit older. You're in your 60s or your 70s, having been faithful to these groups for a very long time. But you know what? Maybe there's a person over here who's 30 or 40 years old who needs you to come alongside them. And maybe that's in a one-on-one -on -one relationship that you simply say, you know what? God has taken me through a lot of life and I just want to bless you. Here's what I can tell you. If there is a person who was in their 60s and 70s who said, Pastor Scott, I want to sit down with you and just pray for you and support you and encourage you, do you think I would say no to that invitation? Of course not. Welcome it. There's not a single person, I think, who wouldn't welcome somebody coming alongside them who is older and further along in the journey to say, I want to bless you. I want to support you. I want to pray for you. I want to share with you some of the truth that I've need, that, that I've known. And here's the thing. There's 30 and 40-year-olds who have 20-year-olds in this room who need them to do that. Because we all need that support. And I don't care if it's men or I don't care if it's women. 
I know my wife loves that when there's some women and there are a couple women who do that for her every now and again and live into that relationship and it's a big support to her. My son is blessed by some of the relationships that he has with adults who come and speak to him. And one of the things that I constantly say to each one of my kids then is, who are you then pouring into? For us to think about that relationship of discipleship, gathering together and spurring one another on towards good deeds should reach out with both hands those who are older and further along and those who are younger that we need to support. Friends, you have the ability to do that. And here's the thing, the command is there. You are a person who is called in the command, it's in the command form, spur one another on. So find somebody that you can give a spur to. Find somebody that you can lovingly give a spur to. And then find somebody who can give you that same spur. Because the blessing is promised. And those are the things that are going to strengthen you and I the best towards the blessing. So here's, if you need help with this, Karen Verhoeven is one of the people who can help you the most. She's not here in the worship center this morning, but she she is somebody. Her uh, email, you can find it here in the office. I think it's Karen Verhoeven at the River CRC or it's Karen at the River CRC. One of those two. Send her an email and say, do you know somebody who I could give a spur to? Or do you know somebody who can help spur me? Or maybe you can ask... Do you know how I can start a group that can help me grow according to what the Holy Spirit is working itself out in me? How, where can I find that place? Not because it's one of those have-tos of faith for the sake of the church, but because this is one of those have-tos of the Spirit that if we're going to live deeply into relationship with God, we need to be about those things that give us the best ability to grow in that relationship. And having that relationship together is one of those best things. Let's pray together. Father, equip us to be people who grow in walking with Jesus. Grow in that you, Lord, we see new places that you spur us on towards faith, that you spur us on towards obedience, finding ways that we can exhibit exhibit the gifts that you have given to us in different ways, that we can find people who can challenge us with that and be uh, people who remind us what that looks like. And that, Lord, out of that reminder that we receive, that we can remind others. Lord, I pray that you knit this community more deeply together in those loving relationships, Lord, that the net that we weave as a church in those relationships, that it continues to get more complex and and bigger in those that knitting together, that we see more and more connections, connections between generations, connections between couples and friends, connections between strangers, connections even in differences of, of race or economics or, or place in life, whatever it is that, Lord, we can live into those relationships deeply that that might strengthen our walk with you. And also, Lord, then the testimony of who you are here at the river. The deep, more deeply we live into those loving relationships, the more clearly the world around us sees you in us. That's work that you and you alone can do. We pray you do it today. In Jesus' name, amen.